Today, we're going to learn how to become our own medical intuitive. Tell me that isn't a skill we could use in today's world. I'm ready to learn. How about you? Hi, it's Cheryl Sitz welcoming you back to Exploring Possibilities, where we learn ways to transform life from the inside out. Show creator, producer Mario Rosales, and I really appreciate the time that you spend with us and your support, telling your friends about the show and your financial support at journeyofpossibilities.com support. It helps us buy the equipment and things that we need to keep bringing this to you week after week. Uh, let's see, we're doing this now on video, so you can join us on youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz if you'd like to watch the interview. Otherwise, you can continue to listen in all the popular platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and others. Just search for Exploring Possibilities. Joining us today is Tina Zion. Throughout these shows, I'm always talking about Mario Rosales' incredible technology skills, helping me launch the podcast, my website, my YouTube channel, and he can still help you with all those things. But for five years now, he's been working on a special project, and now he's finally ready to launch it. And I'm excited for him to tell you about it because they're absolutely beautiful. Tell us. Well, what I have come up with, I call it astrofractals, and that's astro, A-S-T-R-O, like astrology. And why is it an astral fractal? It's very simple because it uses your birthday, your birth time, and your numerology of your name. With that, I put it into this formula that I've worked on for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates a fractal and it colors it and it gives you this beautiful portrait of you. And at first when I got it, it's like, what was it? What's it for? Well, if you meditate in front of it, take it to a ceremony, or if you just want to look at it like a piece of art, it's beautiful. You can look at it at my website at astro, A-S-T-R-O, fractals, F-R-A-C-T-A-L-S, astrofractals.com, and that'll take you directly to my website. The base package is a digital picture of it, and then I have options that go higher in price for different types of things, 8x10s, tapestries, I mean, you name it, it's whatever you want. And they are beautiful. Astrofractals.com. Way to go, Mario. I love it. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's fractal looks like. And you even have famous people on there. So check them out. Astrofractals.com. Tina Zion is a fourth generation intuitive medium, an award-winning author, an international educator, and an expert in medical intuition, which is the focus of her teachings worldwide these days and her latest book, I'm holding it up here. Be your own medical intuitive, healing your body and soul. Wow, what a read. You can pick up your copy with a link on this podcast, and that gives us a small gratuity back in support of the show at no extra cost to you. From her work as a registered nurse with board specialty certification in mental health, to being a gestalt trained mental health counselor, to certification in clinical hypnotherapy, specializing in past life regressions. She's got a lot of training under her belt to complement her psychic gifts, strong intuition, and more. She's also received a master's teacher degree in Reiki. So if you're ready for a spiritual and holistic approach to well-being, learn more about her on her website at tinazion.com and stick around because she's joining us now. Hi, Tina. Hello there. Hello there. And thank you so much for having me. I mean that. Oh, I can't stop bragging about your book. I've already told so many people they've got to go get a copy. And I'm just going to go on record right now on the interview as saying, this book has earned a permanent place in my library. I have not before read such a comprehensive 
easy approach to building your intuition, building your psychic awareness, tapping into the body, self-healing, connecting with the spirit realm. So much in this book. It's really powerful. Way to go, Tina. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And you do uh, just warm my heart with your comments about this. So, and thank you for, you know, helping people know about it. We need this. We really need this. It's, it's come to a time where we need to be discerning for ourselves about our health, probably never more than right now. So the timing couldn't be better to come out with this. So I want to launch with the question, all this background that you've got, all these things that you've done, all this training that you've had, and you've chosen now to go worldwide educating us and becoming our own medical intuitive. Why? Hmm. It's always been more important to me for people to realize that I don't have a special gift. We are, we are all born and wired to be intuitive. And so my goal has always been to help people realize how intuitive they are and how empowered they can be. Uh, and so I really help help them to learn uh, really step by step by step how to be more empowered. And for many, many years, um, my own guides have said, this is going out to around the globe, it's going around this globe, it's going out to the world. And so, you know, I do my best here on the physical world uh, to actually, you know, um, help that happen. And so, uh, so that's really my goal behind it. Wonderful. Well, it's such a gift, really. And, and at this time in Earth's history, it's it's really important stuff. I want to come in real quick and just apologize for some of the lags and delays that we're getting in the broadcast. That just must be the weather or our high energy. You know, we were giggling about that a moment ago. <laughs> We, we've been doing other work today just fine, and we get on the line together, we have this. So thank you for bearing with us, because I promise you it'll be worth it. So let me move on. And why is it so important, Tina, I'd like you to speak to this, please, to our physical health, for us to heal things like shame, guilt, judgment, fear, you speak about this in the book. But talk a bit about the mind, body, heart, body connection, and why that's so important, please. In our society, and, and really most societies nowadays, we tend to think of ourselves more as thinking beings, when in fact, our head is connected to our body, and we're actually all one unit. And every single word that we either think or say out loud is an electrical spurt of energy. It's not just an empty word. It's not just a thought that every single word in a thought has its own vibration and it's always moving. Our thoughts and our emotions are always moving through our entire body. So I really help people. I hope I can help them to understand how important their thoughts are. If they are a very, very negative person, our body has to respond to that, if we are a positive person, our body has to respond to that too. So we're really, truly energetic beings. We are eternal souls, kind of uh, lugging around a, a physical body at uh, you know at the same time. But what is I have found over and over again so important is our positive thoughts are very fast and fine electrical signals through our body our energy field and out to the world. 
And our negative thoughts are heavy and slow and dense. And that density tends to congregate sometimes very quickly somewhere in our physical body. And so the location of that um, negative energy or that really slow, heavy energy, uh, the location even is very telling in what's going on with, with the human you know, themselves. Thank you. That was a great explanation. So I want to assure the listener that this is not a book where we talk about these high level things and then you get the book and you have no idea what to do to help yourself. Tina's been teaching this for a long time. She's been teaching practitioners how to help other individuals. And now she shifted to teaching us to help ourselves. And she's got a wealth of examples in here and some really practical steps that we can take to begin to scan our bodies and find areas that are struggling for ourselves, to build our intuition, all of that. This is a really good hands-on work your way through the book kind of manual, which is why I keep bragging about it. So now that you've described kind of what's happening in the body, talk a little about the intuition. You said something about intuition that that I just laughed out loud because I've thought for a long time, you know, it's almost like we're making this stuff up. And you say that over and over in your book, you're going to think you're making this up. <laughs> Talk about building our intuition and how do we know if, if we're on course or if we're just way out in left field somewhere, if we're all making it up anyway? <laughs> well, if you, if you think about it, that intuition is not always, but almost always information coming to us through the non-physical realms. And so it will always, and I want the listeners to really hear this, it will always feel like our imagination. It will never stop feeling like our imagination because of that. But know the distinction between the feel of imagination, but it can also be real at the exact same time. But it's actually because much of the, the intuitive information is coming in a non-physical way. So it will always have the feeling of that. And I have been uh, seeing deceased people, my goodness, since I can remember since, you know, I'm probably five or so. So, uh, and back then, you know, I thought I was just playing around and making it up. It still feels that same way now. And so I hope that's a good example of how it's always going to feel like that, but it's only the feeling of it, not the reality of it. Yeah, I had several people in this niche tell me when I was first starting to try and build my intuition, just start practicing with people, just start start mm -hmm. using it and, and that you'll build trust with just by using it and then con getting confirmation from people. And that's really helped me a lot, getting that confirmation back because it does, it feels like I, I'm making it all up. So therein kind of lies one of the challenges I feel like, because how do I confirm for myself? It's something if somebody else tells me, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. But if it's just me working on myself, where do you suggest that confirmation comes from? Oh, it will it will actually come and be validated through a lab tests that we get, through an x-ray that we might get. So the medical world, because I the other thing I talk about is the the interconnection between Western medicine and uh, the spirit realm, the non-physical realm, the intuitive realm. And the two are coming together, you know, a lot more and more 
more and more and more. And so I would suggest that to really notice, to check in with your body. If you know you're going to have a, a lab test that, that your physician wants, then check in your in your own body and just notice. You know, I always talk about noticing the pop. So especially notice the pop of information because see the pop of information, feeling like it just comes from somewhere or nowhere or out of nowhere, it will always be the most accurate. The other thing that I really want the listeners to hear too is that I work only with the divine and sacred guides. And I literally say, I just received da-da-da tell me now, is that correct? And you'll get a yes or a no pop into your mind. So that's one of the key things that I talk about is like, if you and I just sat here and we called out to the universe for help, we could get any old spirit person, you know, floating by, we could get anybody. And what I teach is the things that really escalated my own ability. And when I decided, wait, I'm only going to interact and use as guides that the highest, most advanced and most evolved beings. And when I switched to that and really made sure that they were divine and sacred, and another word might be pure or holy, um, I know who I'm working with. And that made all the difference in the world. I was going to bring that up today because I loved that you touched on that in the book. And I had not heard it put that way before. I had not been calling out to my guides in the way that you describe in the book. I was asking for my highest and best guidance for whatever. Well, that doesn't mean the same thing as sacred. And there are lots of beings that can be high that aren't divine or sacred. So that was really good information. Thank you for realigning that for me and so many of us who may not have heard that before. So you do teach us how to call on our guides and and language to use. You also teach us about filters, which was really interesting. But I think before I go there, I was going to ask you, talk a little bit about why we should never cut cords. There's a lot in the energy work field about cutting cords and getting clear of things. And you have a really interesting approach to that as well. So please speak to us about that. I would love to. And in fact, I have to tell you, no one ever asks me that. Uh, unless they're in one of my workshops or a <laughs> private mentoring session. So I'm thrilled that you brought that up. I'm so happy about this. Um, the My guides, every time somebody a long time ago said that they cut cords, well, I always got like, mm, there's more to it than that. Mm, there's more to it than that. And what I realized, here would be the example. If you and I did have a negative cord, because there are positive cords also. But if you and I had a negative cord um, uh, between us, if, if some kind and wonderful healer comes by and cuts it for us, now think about that. You have still one end of the cord either con uh, connected into your body or your energy field. And I have the other end. And my guide said, that is not a healing. That is not an extraction and a removal of 
the negative connection. I thought, oh, that makes all kinds of sense. And so what I beg people to do is I'm running all around the world, begging people not to cut cords anymore. But do you see if we ask our guides to assist us to extract and remove all the tendrils, all the roots, everything about that negative cord from both of us and to take it up into the light, that is a massive difference than someone cutting it for us. Yes, it is. And you also mentioned filling that space with light so that we don't just leave that void there where that where the cords were. Yes. When kind of I have, I don't have very many guidelines, but one of my guidelines would be when we heal ourselves, or if we are practitioners, if we help heal someone else and do healings, then uh, it's very, very important that the space where the negativity used to be be completely and permanently filled, at least with love and light, but then also whatever might apply to our individual self, you know, it might be vitality or it might be peace or, or whatever. We must, you know, fill a space with something positive where the negative used to be. That's great guidance as well. Thank you. I wonder if you are very often asked by people who begin to start to do their own medical intuitive work and, and they find that they're getting it wrong. Like they, they're sure that this is this and then they go to the doctor and they find out it's that or it's something else entirely. Are we just, do we get in our own way somehow that it's harder for us to be clear about ourselves or our, what, what do you think is happening there? There, there are uh, over the years, because I've been teaching this for decades now, over the years, the, there are primary things that get in our way, either as practitioners or as a medical intuitive for ourselves. And one of the primary things is fear. And we have all different kinds of fear where, you know, we're afraid we have a disease. We're afraid we have cancer. We are afraid someone will find out we're doing intuition for ourselves. I mean, I have a, a, a huge, huge list of different fears that people have told me about and have brought up in workshops and things. And so identify what your fear is first. Get to know about it rather than trying to ignore it or, or push it aside. I ask people get to know about that fear. Talk to your guides. Where is the point of origin causing this fear? And, and you know, I talk about the point of origin many, many, many times because if we don't work at the point of origin of things, we are really putting band-aids on on uh, different our our different boo-boos, I guess. And so I I really work with that, but it's really fear that gets in the way more than anything else. I worked with someone just yesterday and she said, oh, a friend of mine has, you know, a certain disease. And she said, I checked my body to see if I have it. But you know what weakens our energy field the most is moments of fear. And so every time we go into fear, we've weakened our energy some, somewhere in our body. So be aware of that. And I talk to people too about getting more and more in charge 
of your thoughts, more and more in charge of your emotions, because that's key. If you're not in charge, who in the heck is in charge of you? That's a good point. We keep coming back to the thoughts. And you know, it's interesting because I think that it hasn't been that long ago that we've been recognizing that our words create our reality. You know, that that movement of careful what you say, because you're going to attract it, you're going to create it, whatever. And you're nailing it. It's the thoughts. It happens long before we say it. And so even if we guard ourselves from speaking it, if we're thinking it, we're still at some level creating the problem, aren't we? Yes, yes. Even if we think, Think about it quietly. We've never said it out loud. It doesn't make any difference. Every word has its own frequency of energy. And then when we line words up together into a phrase or a sentence, that has its own frequency also. And the universe has got, we're in so much empowerment. And I just hope to help people realize how powerful they are. But in our empowerment, we are creating our world because the the universe is an energy and we are interconnected with the universe. So whatever we think and feel, the universe has to respond. It has to match uh, whatever we're thinking and feeling. Also, our emotions will either power up our thoughts or diminish the energy of our thoughts. So see their emotions either powers up or weakens the any thought that we're having also. So it's like the thought is the GPS and the emotion is either the gas pedal or the brakes, right? We're either going forward or we're oh, slamming like, on the brake. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yes, I like that. <laughs> I, I might have to quote you on that. I go for it. <laughs> I like practical illustrations. It helps me understand anyway. You cover so much in this book. I don't even hardly know what else to ask you about. There is so much good stuff in here. You do speak about... Uh, affirmations and things to help us with our with our thought processes and our wellness. You talk about ways to meditate and listen. You talk about what's actually making us sick. You talk about past life regression. What topic do you want to talk about next of any of those or something else? Again, over the, yes, over the years, um, I kept finding that uh, there are different causes of illness and it's physical illness or, or uh, mental illness, emotional illness. Uh, and I kept finding uh, different causes. And so I started, I really just studied myself. Every time I write a book, it's just really, I studied myself for, you know, a year or more. And what I, what I kept finding as I worked with many, many other people is the eight causes of illness uh, tend to be, and I lump thought and emotion together as one cause of illness. And then uh, the our physical needs, because we are in a physical body, it's not just energy, but we do have matter, you know, that makes up our physical body. So our physical body needs just kind of like um, vitamin D, we need vitamin D, you know, something that's simple. And then we also have current life trauma, past life trauma, our environment uh, and the non-physical world and our relationships. 
So I kept finding that uh, when someone is ill, the cause tends to come from one of those causes, you know, comes from one of those categories of cause. Yes. And I was interested when I got to the chapter on our ancestors, because I've started studying epigenetic healing, and I'm fascinated by what our gen our DNA actually modifies over generations in response to trauma. And it's supposed to protect following generations, but it doesn't always do that. Sometimes it can be the very thing that causes the fear or the trauma to replicate itself. So I was delighted that you added that you have added that as a cause. Yes, yes. And, and two, uh, let me add also that many, many people think that our ancestors are also the people in our past life. But I'd like to um, just add this uh, element is that I uh, find that some of times our ancestors are in our past lives, but generally they are very two different things. Our ancestors are, again, the genetic components of the current body that we are in. But many times the people in our past lives had nothing to do with being an ancestor. So um, I love talking about that too, the difference and make that distinction. And that it difference. is interesting. And genetic keys can be turned on and genetic keys can be turned off. So everyone thinks we're you know, locked into our genetics. But if you're studying this, you know, much more than I do, that we're not locked into our genetics, like we thought. Isn't that exciting? I mean, we, every aspect of what it we is. talk about just illuminates the fact that we are, we are powerful beyond our imagination. And are we ready to step into that yes. yet? And how ready are we to step into that? And you've given us a great handbook to do so. I love what you say about the past life regressions to how you do that. It's a little bit different than the shamanic approach that I am familiar with and that I've been trained in. But you want to speak a little bit to when that becomes an issue for someone and why that's been why that can be beneficial? Uh, particularly with past lives, is that especially past life trauma, that trauma, again, thought and emotion, when we are uh, traumatized by an event, even in a past life, it tends to be that emotional trauma that follows us, that follows us into the next life and into the next life. And so it's important to, what's different in the shamanic way is the shaman and I have shamanic training too, the shaman goes back and retrieves um, that part of that is traumatized, that part has been left behind of us and brings it forward and places it into our current body. And again, I want to empower everybody. And so I have taught for a long, long, long time to give the person the steps, which is in the book, and they go back and get their own traumatic moment and heal it and bring it back all cleaned off. Yes. So why do you think empowering the individual to do the work for themselves is so important to you? Why did that become important on your mission? It was important to me that people don't see me as someone that that I'm the only one that can help them or cure them. 
because I know that I just studied myself and realized how powerful we all are, but people do not realize their abilities. They don't realize they are creating every moment of their life. They're creating the world around them, the room that's around them right now. And I was, I'm very driven to help people realize I do not have a special gift. We all have this ability. And I also realized that when I was doing the healing part of sessions, when I was uh, doing readings, um, I don't do them now because I teach so much. But when I was doing readings, I realized I was taking every reading into a healing. And a healing I define as uh, the relief of some kind of burden. And uh, because, you know, healing doesn't mean we stop death if death is is meant to be at that time. A healing tends to be more of a, a relief of a burden. And I want people to be able to know that they can bring that relief to themselves. And I, in my book, it is step by step by step by step. So I hope the steps you know, build on the last steps so that you really have a sense of knowing what you're doing and not just, you know, leaping off into things. Oh, mission accomplished. <laughs> you did a wonderful job. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So what are you most often asked that you'd like listeners to know about this work, about their abilities, about their lack of abilities, or they're thinking that they don't have the ability or whatever? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, people don't realize that um, they can heal their own body. See, especially that healing part. They, they feel, oh, I, here's what, see, I'm asking my guides, what, how should I answer that? And most people in their lives, we tend to feel like victims, victims to something that happens to us, victims to, you know, our bosses at our work or victims to, uh, of our own body. And see, that's a, a very weakened uh, perspective. And so the more we get in charge of our thoughts and emotions, the more our body responds, the more our body responds, the, the profound healing that can happen. And we are really, truly our own healers. I don't care how many doctors we go to, and I work with a lot of physicians too. Uh, it still has so much to do with what uh, we think and feel and want to have happen. So I, I deliberately teach people how to, yeah, I deliberately teach people how to direct their own energy field. Oh, yes. That was a wonderful thing you covered in the book, how to amp up our own energy and you have diagrams. And I mean, literally anybody can pick up this book and start to do their own energy work and, and healing work and really think of the body differently. And I love what you said, because it's funny that we have all these workshops about how do I manifest this? How do I manifest that? We're always manifesting. We're manifesting our health or our illness. We're manifesting 
every aspect of our lives. We just haven't awakened completely to that thought yet. So I'm glad that you're a voice out there showing us how we're manifesting our own bodies in, in vitality or in suffering. It's, it's really, but there's a lot of responsibility with that if it's all up to me. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not all up to uh, us as an individual. And again, I would really emphasize the integrative medicine. Oh, and another thing I would uh, share with your listeners is more and more physicians coming to me for in my workshops or my private mentoring, more nurses and it's doctors and nurses from all kinds of backgrounds in medicine. And that here's what they say. They say, I just know things about my patient before I open the chart or before I walk in the room. How am I doing that? And I want to do more of it. I hear, I know I hear that a lot. And so I have a lot of professional uh, medical people uh, reading my books and taking the courses. And I'd see it's, it's the beginning of that integration. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for all the work that you're doing and for this fabulous book. Again, we're talking to Tina Zion, the book, Be Your Own Medical Intuitive. Tina, thank you for everything, all that you're doing. And I love to end my shows by asking if, after everything that we've discussed, if you have a parting thought you'd like to leave us with today. Hmm. To look inside until it's an allowing, allow yourself to feel how powerful you really are. And, but it is an allowing and people uh, have a, a, sometimes a reaction to the word allowing, but we must allow ourselves to evolve and allow ourselves to realize just how powerful we are. So please allow yourself to recognize that. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you for everything. And thank you, listeners and viewers, whichever you are today, whichever way you're joining us. Thank you for joining us. Let us know what you think. Strike up a conversation in the comments. We'll be glad to respond. And join us next time for another episode of Exploring Possibilities. <laughs>